verses of Luke 5. And Pastor had already said you guys have been a huge blessing to our family. You are sending church, which we don't take lightly at all. Everywhere we go, we represent you guys. And some of you are like, oh man, I just got scary all of a sudden. I'm like, what? Uh, yes, we do, and I, I appreciate that. We don't take it lightly, and we love you guys, and, and you've been a big part in everything that we've done so far. Just, just thank you is not enough, but just want to start with that, tell you thank you for the support, for the prayers, and just it's good to it's good to come home uh, for for a little bit and see some new faces, but it's even more exciting to see some older faces to to let you know that the people have been faithful and still serving, still where they're at. So uh, won't make you stand too long, but Luke chapter five this morning, first eleven verses is where we're going to be looking at. Said it came to pass as the people pressed upon him. To hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had said, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draw of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So my title this morning is simply Launch Out into the deep. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time you've given us to gather this morning. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to share not only the burden on my heart, Lord, but just to share your word with, with your people this morning. Lord, just pray that you'd help us to understand what it is you have for each one here today through this passage. Lord, help us to apply it to our lives and help us to leave here different than what we came this morning. Lord, and just pray everything that we do would bring you honor and glory and just ask in Christ's name. Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. So, so I'd like to begin here by just kind of setting the scene a little bit of, of what's taking place in our text. We have this crowd of people pressing on Jesus to hear the Word of God. Just that in itself is, is kind of a miracle. If you think about that in today's society, we, we need to just hear the Word of God preach. More people need that desire like they had here, but the, the crowd is pressing on Jesus to hear the word of God preached. And he's by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the, the Sea of Galilee. It's the same place here. And we have the two ships that, that were empty, okay, that we find out they belong to Peter and to James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So Jesus decided here in this passage to use the shoreline as kind of a natural amphitheater. So any of you that have been on the water or do any kind of fishing know that when you go out on the water or on the lake in a boat, you can hear pretty well. 
you, know, you can hear when, when a boat is approaching from a long way off, right? Or if you've been canoeing, I, I've never had the, the high-tech motors and all the, the good stuff, you know, canoeing and the John boats, all I had, but you could hear people coming, right? When you go canoeing with a bunch of teenagers, you know, like me and my wife used to take, and you, you, you try and keep your stuff dry, but you end up tipping over yourself. Uh, some of you understand that joke, but uh, you can hear really well, and they're loud. Teenagers are loud, even louder on the water. But Jesus understood this principle of, of using that water, I think, as, as an amphitheater. And he said to, to Simon, he, he asked Simon Peter here that he needed to go out so he could be seen and be heard a little bit better. So he asked him to thrust out just a little in his ship so he could facilitate that, so he could make that happen, so he could be out enough to where this crowd that was pressing against him could see him and could hear him better because of the way the noise traveled there. So, But then he asked Peter something a little bit different after he's done speaking to the crowd. He asked him, in verse 4, he says, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. So I want to challenge each person here today just to do the same thing. Just be willing to launch out into the deep. What does that look like for you? I don't know. I'm not you. For, for me personally, for our family, you, you know us. You know where we began here at church. You remember, no doubt, some of you, me walking in to a Wednesday night service way, way back and then getting saved. I didn't get saved at that service, but I got saved. My, my wife shared the gospel with me back in her dorm room before we were even married. And I know I'm dating myself, and you're thinking, man, that was a really long time ago. It was. But just to see how God has used that to, to get us to the point of where we were able to launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep for me meant giving up my business and going into full-time ministry. You know, maybe that's not everybody's launching out today, but just be willing to do it if it is. You know, everybody's launching out is going to look different to each person here today. I just want to be an encouragement as we look and we see it was hard. You know, Jesus is asking Peter to do something that he had never done before, basically, right? He had, he had some, uh, it was going to take some faith. It was going to take some trust on his part to do that. The same thing happens for us today. I don't know what this next year is going to look like for anybody in this room. You know, it's an election year, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other weird stuff that, that come with that, right? COVID 7.0 or whatever is happening, you know, whatever. But it's going to take faith and it's going to take trust in the Lord to make it through that. He's asking us this morning to just launch out into the deep. Just take this opportunity to just examine your hearts. What, what is it that God is speaking to you about this morning to do for Him? It's going to be different for every person here. But Peter, Jesus is asking Peter to do something that's going to require some trust. You know, it's not going to be convenient for him, or it's not even going to be practical for him to do. You know, look at verse 4 again. It said, Now when he had left speaking to the crowd, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. 
Toiled means by definition here to work extremely hard or incessantly. In other words, without interruption. So they worked all night without breaks. So they were exhausted. Has anybody ever worked a, a full shift without a break at your job? Or a full day or a full day and a night? Whatever. It's exhausting. Right at the end of the day here, the, the ships were empty. They were washing their nets. They were cleaning everything up. They were done for the day, so to speak. And then Jesus comes along and asks Peter to do something that's not convenient. That's not going to be easy for him to do. He wants him to get this equipment back out and, and go again. That's a hard thing for him to ask. You know, the nets were washed. Everything was put up. If, if they went back out for this draw or for a catch, it all had to be done again. Peter was used to fishing at night. He more likely didn't go out very far either. Right? Because you think about it, they didn't have the cool GPS and all the stuff that we have. Right? If you go out too far at night without lights, it's easy to get lost because you can't see. Okay, but also fishing at night back in Bible times was pretty common because, you know, the fish at night, and I'm, I'm not a big fisherman, but from what I understand and what I've read about fishing, it sometimes at night the fish come up into the shallow water because that's where all the, the bait fish are. You know, you have the moonlight reflecting all the bugs come on the water and that's where they, they go to feed. So it would make sense for them if they're fishing at night that they would be in this shallow water because that's where all the fish were going to be. So it was shallow water. It was at night. And now Jesus is asking them during the daytime to go out into the deep. Something that is kind of off from his normal routine. You know, sometimes the Lord wants us to just get out of our routine and do something out of the ordinary for him. But I want you to think of it this way. The nets that they used back in this time. They, they weren't as advanced as we are today with the technology. Fishing at night made sense because the fish wouldn't be able to see the net as well, right? When you have a trap out in the open, it's easy to avoid, right? You want to conceal that. So they would fish at night so the fish wouldn't see what they're trying to catch them in. It, it makes total sense. You know, but this, this account is going to be something that Peter wasn't used to. You know, this, this request was going to be something that was going to be hard for him to do. You know, launching out into the deep takes some faith. You know, maybe there's going to be something that God wants you to do that was going to require some faith to accomplish it. You know, fear, doubt, disbelief is what's going to keep us stuck in that shallow water. You know, Satan loves to use these things to keep us from doing something for God. You know, that, that, that's what's going to keep us in this shallow water of just doing the same thing and just not really living up to the potential or even receiving the blessings that God has in store for us. You know, maybe our blessings aren't here in the shallow water, maybe out there in the deep, but we'll never know unless we launch out to get to that. You know, this one decision here that we're looking at this morning that Peter makes changes his life forever. You think about that. If we're going to launch out in the deep, the deep is where the blessings are. If we're going to launch out in the deep this next year, it's going to take four things. And I'll be brief this morning. I'm just going to give you four things that it'll take 
as we're thinking about launching out into the deep. The first thing that it's going to take is it's going to take some commitment. Look at verse 5 again. And Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. And this is a good part of the verse here. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. He said, I, I will. I'll do it. Right? He made a commitment. I, I'll, I'll do what you ask me to do. You know, God's asking us here this morning to do something for him. He's asking each person in this room to do something for him. All of us have different talents, different abilities. Not all of us are in the same place. That's by design. God's given each of us a job to do. Are we willing to launch out into the deep and do it? It's going to take some commitment. I will let down the net. I'm sure many here have noticed, and it's nothing new that I'm pointing out, that in verse 4, the word nets is plural. Right? And then verse 5, the word net is singular. You know, Peter respected Jesus enough to do what he said, but not 100%. You know, all of us are guilty of the same thing. Or, or I'll just say, I know I'm guilty of the same thing. If any of you have ever had children or have children now, you know they can be guilty of the same thing. They obey just enough to get by or just enough to appease. I, I think Peter here obeyed in a way that he did what God asked him to do, but not fully. And it's amazing to me that God still chose to, to bless that. You know, he, he still blessed him because of that. But Peter made a commitment. You, you can argue, you know, is it Ned, is it Nets, whatever the case may be. He, he followed, he obeyed, okay? He made a commitment. He said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's the important part that we need to focus on. He made that commitment. Jesus doesn't want us to to serve him just on occasion. You know, he wants us to commit our lives fully to him. You know, if we're going to launch out, we need to make that commitment. We need to commit ourselves fully to the Lord. You know, what does that mean? That means that too many Christians today, too many people say, well, I'll come to church on Sunday morning, but not Sunday night, not Wednesday night, not all these discipleship groups and fellowships, all, all that stuff. No, that's, that's too much to ask, right? We'll, we'll let Lord have a little bit of our life, but this other part we keep for ourselves. And we try and compartmentalize. I, I appreciate what Pastor said this morning. You know, we have an infinite God. We try and bring Him down to, to our level so we can understand. We can't do that. But we do the same thing with our lives. We say, well, He could have this area of my life and this area, but this other area, I, I keep that back for me. That's, that's, that's mine. No, God wants all of us. Okay? He wants every part of us. We, we cannot succeed in life if we just serve Him on occasion. You know, what, is, what does serving Him on occasion look like? What does that commitment look like for some of us? You think about what's coming up the next couple of days, New Year's. You go by the gyms, they're going to be packed for the next couple of weeks, right? Everybody made that commitment. This is the year. Woo, Monday. And you say, well, today's Monday. Well, next Monday. Okay, we'll, we'll do it then. Right? They'll be packed because they're making that commitment. It starts out good, but it's just an occasional commitment because come February or March, some of those cars aren't there anymore, right? They're just serving on occasion. How many have ever made a decision at, say, camp? And say, so, look, you know, Lord's dealing with my heart about this, and, you know, it works good for a while, and then we kind of let it slide off. You know, or we make a decision after a service. 
You know, we make, a, we make a decision. Maybe we come forward. Maybe we go to the back. We talk to somebody and say, you know what? The Lord's dealing with my heart about this. I, I'm going to make a commitment to do whatever. But then we don't follow through. And we need to follow through on our commitments. If we're going to launch out, we need to make the commitment to serve God fully. Well, what does that mean? That means serving them fully, making a commitment to let them have our possessions. Commit fully your things to be used for the Lord. When Jesus asked Peter to use his ship, what did he say? What about this other one over here? How about you? No. He said, okay, you can have it. Right? He gave him his boat. Are we willing to give God our things? I know people hear me say it a lot, and I joke a lot of times when you know, we pull in to do a project and they start thinking of all the stuff that we have, school stuff and tools, and they talk about, man, you got a lot of tools. The first thing I tell them is, it's all the Lord's. It really is. That's the way I look at it. If something breaks, hey, that's fine. God will replace it. He'll give me another. You know, but it took me a while to, to get to that point. We need, when we're surrendered fully to serve Him, we make a commitment to fully give ourselves to Him, it's easy to give Him our stuff. It's easy to commit our possessions. Not only does He commit His possessions, but we need to commit our time. You think about this, Peter had just got done fishing the whole night. Okay, no doubt he was tired. He was ready to go home. The, the nets were washed, everything's put up. He's clocked out, so to speak. But then Jesus said, look, I, I need your boat. He was willing to give him his boat. But then he said, hey, I also need you to thrust out just a little bit. I, I need you to come with me. So he gave him his time. How many are willing today, this next year, to give your time to God? Make the commitment. Give them, give them your time. And a lot of us can do stuff when it's easy and it's convenient. Maybe we have extra. Oh, hey, you could have this because, you know, I don't really use it anymore anyway. You know, but when it's something you use every day, that's a little bit tougher to do. When you think about giving your time, that's when we start trying to compartmentalize and say, well, you know, this is my time. It all needs to be His. We need to understand that. We need to make that commitment. Give Him your possessions. Commit your, your time. Commit your talent. I like Proverbs 16, verse 3 says that we, com we commit our works to the Lord and our thoughts shall be established. We'll be thinking about what it is God wants us to do with what He's given us. You commit your talents. Let down your nets for a drop. Turn to Psalm 33. Keep your, your finger here in Luke 5. We'll be coming back. But Psalm 33 is where I want you to be turning. Peter had to commit his talent to the Lord. He said, let down your nets for a drop. He, he wanted to use his talent of fishing to teach him a lesson, and to teach us a lesson, to teach this big crowd that was on the shore a lesson that he was the one that was in charge. Psalm 33, it says in, in verse 5 of Luke 5, he, he, Peter says, Nevertheless, what at thy word I will. What's his word? Verse 4, Psalm 33, it says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. And all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth and storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. 
For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. That that part of verse 9 there, it says, For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Well, if he commanded, the the next part of launching out into the deep, obviously, is going to take some what? Some obedience. So it's going to take a commitment. It's also going to take some obedience. Don't let others stop you from launching out into the deep. No doubt, you know, the, the, the main characters in our story here from Scripture are Jesus and, and Peter mainly, but there were other people there. There was a big crowd on the shore. There was other people there that were involved in the fishing all night. They didn't just go out by themselves. It was a boat that usually could carry several people, a crew if you would. So there was other fishermen there, and no doubt, some of those guys were probably telling Peter, like, hey, this is, this is a bad idea. He wants you to do what? We just got done washing all the nets, and hey, what are you doing? This is probably crazy to a lot of people. Can I tell you, sometimes when you tell somebody what you think God is putting on your heart to do, to launch out, so to speak, somebody's going to say, you know what? That's crazy. Well, thank God for people that are willing to do crazy. Amen. Hey, I've been called crazy a time or two. Probably this morning. I don't know. Right? Thank God for that. You know, think about it. What what would happen if people weren't willing to go out on a limb and do stuff sometimes? Nothing would ever happen. Don't let others stop you. You know, they might have said, hey, it's a waste of time to, to go back out. We've already been out there. We fished all night. We've taken nothing. What are you going to go back out there for? Just obey. See what happens. Don't let past failures stop you. They toiled all night and have taken what? What does it say? Nothing. What does nothing mean? It means nothing. Zero. Zilch, right? No fish. You think about that. So it wasn't just one person. It was a whole crew, and then there was another boat and their crew. Nobody caught anything. Nothing. That was, that was a pretty big goose egg, right? A failure. You know, think about football. If you don't score any points, you get nothing. You get beat. Okay, we're not going to talk about football too much because, you know, my standing on that. But don't let the past failures stop you. You know, Peter could have said, look, I already tried this and it didn't work. Well, Jesus wasn't involved in that first scenario. Just obey. He said, hey, let's go back out. Just obey. Don't let past failures stop you. Don't let circumstances stop you. It would be easy for him to say, we already washed and put up the nets. You know, it's going to be too much work. It's going to be too hard to drag all this stuff back out and to load it up and go back out. It's just going to be too much work. The the circumstances are, are, are what they are. Don't let that stop you. Just obey. If we just look at our circumstances in life, then we'll never do anything, right? That'll just cripple you. That'll keep you in the shallow water by just looking at the circumstances. Think about the possibilities of what God can do, what God will do, what He says in His Word, that He has blessings for us, but they're not in the shallow water, out there in the deep. That's where we need to go to to get them. That's going to take some obedience. Look at the results here of their obedience, Luke 5, verse 6 and 7. 
It says, and when they had this done, they, they went, okay, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that began to sink. So that was the result of their obedience. They caught so many fish that the net that they let down started to break. You know, maybe this is the point where if they'd have had more nets, maybe they maybe they caught more fish than this. Okay, but the net started to break, and then they had to get idea, hey, let's just start piling them in the boat. And they piled so many in the boat that the boat began to sink. I'm not a fisherman. I, I don't do a lot of fishing, but I know if I'm on a boat and there's water in the boat instead of out of the boat, that's not a good idea, right? Are you getting the picture here? There was that many fish that they started to sink. That was the blessings of their obedience. You think about what it is that God has for you out there in the deep. What blessings are waiting for you out there that you need to obey and go get? It's amazing to, to think about. It's amazing to see the, the miracle here that God worked in Peter's life. 1 Samuel 15, 22. Samuel said, At the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You, know, you think about that. That's, that's what he wants from us. If we're going to launch out into the deep, it's going to take a commitment to, to fully serve Him with what we have, who we are. We need to obey His commands. We need to obey His Word. It's going to take some obedience. Those two things aren't going to happen without the third thing, humility. It's going to take some humbleness. It's going to take some humility. Look at verse 8 here as we continue in our text. It says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now he didn't want Jesus to really, hey, get off the boat, I'm done. No, that's not what he was saying. He just understood at that moment who Jesus was compared to who he was. You know, he, he realized, at that moment, he realized his unworthiness. That's where God needs to get every one of us today. We need to realize that we're not worthy of our own. We're not. We're nothing without Him. We need to realize that. Peter realized that. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. I love how it said in Psalm 8, verse 4, it's kind of the same thought. It says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Have you ever thought that to yourself? Who, who am I that you're mindful of me? What, what is it that... What is it? How do I matter to you, God? That's having the right kind of humility. That's understanding your place. When we have that humility, that allows us to do these other two things of fully committing ourselves to Him and obeying Him. What starts with some humility, understanding that we need to do what He wants us to do instead of what we want to do. Take some humility. And we need to realize our incompetence. Now, I'm sure Peter was humbled here by the enormous catch. You think about that, right? This was, this was his expertise, right? He was a professional fisherman. This is what he did for a living. This is how he fed his family, right? This was his job. He was a fisherman. So no doubt he knew how to fish. He knew the time of day to go fishing was at night. He knew 
what nets to use. He knew how to throw them on what side, all these different things that it takes to be a good fisherman. He knew all that, but he fished all night and caught nothing, right? He had to humble himself when this big catch comes in because now he's got a carpenter on his boat telling him how to do his job and then doing his job way better than he's ever done his job before. That's humbling, right? So everybody wants to invite me to go fishing now, right, because I'm a carpenter? No. No, but you think about it. Have you ever been in that position where you've had to humble yourself and say, you know, with your expertise and your knowledge to go, hey, yeah, let's, let's try and do it this way because that, that makes more sense. That's what God's trying to get through here to Peter. He's saying, look, you've been doing it this way and you've been doing it on your own. Now if you, if you make this commitment and obey and serve me, like this is what I can do for you. He had to realize his incompetence. You know, we need to realize who our supreme authority is. You know, that's a thought here. When, when Peter calls him Lord, verse 8 again, it says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a simple man, O Lord. I think it's no mistake at all that Pastor brought this up in Sunday school. I, didn't, you know, I told him what I was preaching on, but I didn't tell him anything about my text or my message. He brought up this Greek word, and I was going to try and impress him because I had a Greek word to, to share. And he already beat me to it this morning. It, it was a word, kurios. Okay, it means supreme authority. That's what he's talking about here when he calls him Lord. He says, you're my supreme authority. It's a different word than in verse 5 where he just says master, teacher. He just acknowledges that. He's calling him Lord. He, he's a supreme authority in verse 8. You know, and that's the word, and it describes in Scripture, they use it sometimes to, to kind of get the description of what man's reaction when he sees God face to face. You know, that's the kind of the, the, the example I want you to get in your mind is you think about that word when you see God face to face. And we, we see that Isaiah 6, verse 5, he had this experience. It says, Then said I, Woe! Is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You know, that's the kind of attitude we need to have. We realize who our supreme authority is. Revelation 1.17, John says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. You think about that. That's, that's humbling. You know, John, I think, was just overwhelmed by the glory of God. You know, we, we need to get to that point in our life where we're just overwhelmed at what God is, who He is, and how He wants to use us. It just is mind-blowing. Verse 9, Peter says, For he was astonished, and not only Peter, it said, but and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. You know, they, they were amazed. They were astonished. You know, think of what God might have for you out there in the deep if you're willing to launch out. Think about that. You know, think about this, and maybe this will make some people feel old, but we've been in the building ministry for over 10 years now. That makes me feel old, just saying that. That's, that's amazing. That's astonishing to me to think that God has allowed us to be involved in this work for that long and continues to allow us to be involved in it. We've seen God do just some miraculous things. 
through that time. You know, many of you here, and try and get through this part, but many of you here knew about Joseph, knew about his seizures. Y'all saw us, you know, struggle with that. And how through all that, through that trial, we were still willing to just launch out into the deep. And I can just say today, he still sees you're free. That's a blessing that God gave us just for launching out. Now I'm saying that's that's the reason that that's happened, but it's just one benefit of what we see God do. I'm astonished. I'm amazed at what God has done through us by being willing just to launch out. And please don't take me wrong. I'm not anybody special. I'm nobody. Uh, I'm nothing. I understand my supreme authority. I understand my place compared to God. I'm just glad he's able to use me. And lastly, to launch out into the deep, it's going to take some action. You're like, well, okay, yeah, duh. But that's, that's the part where we really get stuck, right? All those other things are great ideas. Yes, we want to be humble. We understand. Yes, we want to uh, make a commitment to serve him. Like it, We'll make a commitment, right? Everybody's making commitments over the next couple of days. Everybody's going to be on a diet for the next month. Everybody's going to be at the, All those things are going to take place, but are you going to stick with it? Are you going to stick with your commitment to serve the Lord with your whole heart, with all your stuff, with your time, with your talent? I hope you are. I hope you obey his word, but that takes action. It's easy to say, but you got to do it, right? It's easy to talk about what's going to happen or what's going to take place, but it takes some action, right? God wants to see some action. What's the action here in our text? The last couple of verses, verse 10 and 11. It says, So was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed Jesus when it would have been very good for them to do otherwise. You think about this. This was like the, the apex of their fishing business. Okay, They've never brought this many fish in before in their life. I mean, the boats were sinking. They had so many fish, right? They were doing really well. They didn't wait until they had nothing else and nothing else was was going good and nothing else was working, so I guess let's try let's try Jesus. No, that's not the that's not the, the scene here. Right? They they forsook all of that because that didn't matter to them as much as following Jesus. Yeah, that's the point that God wants us to get to in our lives is that we're able to forsake all, meaning like our desires, our wants for his. And, and the cool thing about it is Peter was a fisherman. What what used God to what, what what did God use to show him that lesson? Exactly what he was already doing. You know, I was a carpenter. I built houses. What does God allow me to use to serve Him? The same thing. I just think that's so neat. God's given you some skills, some talents to use for Him, but our blessings aren't here in the shallow water. It's out there in the deep. You need to be willing to launch out. Last thing I want to give you, I just want to give you this thought, and this was something when I was studying, it really, 
I never thought of before, and I know you guys are, 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 are a lot smarter than me, and maybe you've thought about this before, but these men already knew who Jesus was before he called them. There's other accounts of this in Scripture and other Gospels where you know, he says he saw these fishermen and he told them, follow me. Right? And they left everything and followed him. And we get the idea that, okay, he was just walking by, there's people fishing, he said, hey, y'all follow me, come on. And they just did it. They didn't, they didn't know who he was up until that point. But that's not the case. In John chapter 1 and 2, they tell about Andrew introducing Jesus to his brother Peter. You think about that. They already knew who Jesus was. They already knew who Jesus was. You know, the, the, the example is this. Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. Okay, then he heard John the Baptist declare, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, talking about Jesus Christ. And so he left being a disciple of John the Baptist and started following Jesus. Okay, then he went to his brother Peter and he said, Look, we found the Messiah. He introduced him to, to Jesus Christ. Peter already knew who Jesus was. These men already knew who he was. They saw him do miracles before he started his public ministry. right? They, they saw him do things that nobody else got to see him do. But in Luke 5, where was Peter at? Y'all could speak this morning. It's okay. Where was he at? He was fishing. What happened? It doesn't say he was doing wrong. It doesn't say that he fell away or anything like that, but I think the kind of example is there, and it goes along with what I'm trying to say, is that he was serving him on occasion. You know, he started out and knew about who the Messiah was and saw him do some good things, but then he he progressed back to fishing. He hadn't made that commitment to fully give himself to the Lord until this point, until this passage where he calls him and says, Hey, from now on I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. You're going to catch men. That's amazing to me. He hadn't made that commitment yet, but now Peter gets all in, so to speak. He, he, he says, hey, I want you to launch out into the deep. What does that mean? It means making a commitment to fully give yourself to God. That's what Peter did. He said, hey, you can have my boat. You can have my stuff. You can have my time. I'll give you my talent. That's all yours. I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what you said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. He obeyed. He was humble. He understood his position. Yeah, and it's just maybe that's not helping anybody else but me. But I just think that is amazing to me that this is what, exactly what Peter did to launch out into the deep. Took all these things. So I'm gonna have Pastor come this morning and close us out. And as he comes this morning, I just want you to be thinking about a couple more things. Maybe launching out into the deep for you this morning needs to start with just realizing who Jesus Christ is. You know, maybe there's never been a time in your life where you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Don't, don't leave here today without speaking with somebody about that. That, that would be terrible. Maybe launching out into the deep for you today is making a commitment to do something that you haven't done before. Maybe it's something that's going to be uncomfortable. It doesn't even make sense to other people, but if God tells you to do it, just obey I'm going to leave you with this. Two weeks, less than two weeks, I'm going to Africa. No, it's not about me. I'm just saying. Like, I'm preaching to myself. I'm scared to death. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what's going to happen. I know 
Who's in control of what's going to happen? I'm willing to just launch out. Whatever it is that God's dealing with you.